It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us on the radio. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And, of course, you can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. If you want to get on the air via Skype, you can do that as well. Our Skype username is lrn.fm. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Ian. Melanie. And Mark. We're going to go to your calls and thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Coming up, uh, I've been sitting on this Venezuelan news for a while. Hopefully we'll get a chance to get to it. Things are you know, getting crazier, as you might expect if you've been following the situation over there. Uh, but to start things out here, we're actually going to go overseas in a different direction, and that is to uh, the, uh, the UK, to Great Britain, where Melanie has a story about the National Health Service. Now, over in the UK, they, uh, they have the, the one-size-fits-all government-mandated uh, government monopoly on health care, and they even have it on uh, dental care over there, which is one of the reasons why people's teeth are notoriously bad, as I understand it, in uh, Great Britain. This isn't about dental care, though. You've got something about uh, the uh, the healthcare side of things. Is that right? Right. So there is this eight-month-old baby who was born in the UK with a rare disease that I'm not going to pretend like I can pronounce. You want to give it a shot? Mitochondrial depletion syndrome, RRM2B. That sounds right. Okay. Okay. So his life expectancy was anywhere between three months and 12 years uh, with treatment, and the treatment costs 1.5 mil. To the government. Right, because there, I mean, because medical treatment in the UK is kind of like roads in the States, there is no private option. It's not really like taking government welfare. It's just a service that the government has monopolized, and so that's where you get it. From. Wait a minute, utility. Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be free. Well, it's not free. Government health care is supposed to be free. What do you mean it costs $1.5 million? These are the death panels that they were talking about in Obamacare, right? Like, you know, people will say, show me in Obamacare, read the thousand where the death panels are. I don't need to read a thousand. I understand mathematics. I get economics. And ultimately, there's going to be a medical procedure that the government doesn't want to pay for. They're going to do a cost-benefit analysis of this uh, person. They're going to say, um, you know, how long is he going to live? Maybe they're going to think to themselves, how how many taxes is he going to pay? And they're going to decide. Now, if this treatment would have gotten him a full life, maybe they would have done it. Maybe they wouldn't. We don't know because that's not the story. The story is this treatment was going to get him something to like his 20s. Tw- no, three, right? to 12, 3 to 12 years with treatment. 3 to 12. And he's 8 months old, so okay. it'd get him to 12. Okay, I was thinking it was 21. So somehow I heard 21 instead of 12. Let's get deeper into the story here in moments. Uh, we've got open phones as always here on Free Talk Live, so we're going to go to your calls and thoughts. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE because this story gets pretty bad from what I understand and uh, you'll tell us the rest of it here in a moment, Melanie. We've got Robert on the line in Philly. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Robert. Hey, guys. Um, I just kind of want to add to what you guys were talking about uh, yesterday. Sure. Uh, a caller called in talking about the Celtics game, how um, they were um, celebrating a Coast Guard person, and uh, this one person was booing, and then the conversation kind of went to it. You know, it's, sometimes it's dangerous 
to be kind of going against that type of patriotism because you know people right i was praising i was praising the person who was going uh, against the grain uh mark was saying that it's you know understandable why somebody wouldn't and i agree it is understandable because people are afraid um but yeah well there was a conversation about so should people have their beliefs be seen in public if their belief is that of anti-state yeah, absolutely. So um, well, last year, uh, Adam Kokesh came and spoke to our Liberty Group in Philadelphia, and he was uh, talking about peaceful communication. He was giving us a story of he was in a bar in New Jersey, and he was talking to someone who's very, uh, you know, anti-war, and a veteran came up and was very confrontational, and he was like, step outside right now, we're going to fight. I want to fight you. He, he was also and, very um, drunk, the guy in this in this. Story. This is the one that they made a video of, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and Adam was just like, no, I, I just want to stay right here. And and then, uh, you know, Adam just started asking questions, being, I guess, Socratic, being like, why are you so angry? Uh, what can I do to make you not so angry? What, what you know, and I feel he... Uh, was able to uh, meet the, uh, make a difference because I think he changed this guy's mind. So I think there is still a way to um, make a difference on a small scale like that. That's true, by, but there uh, is also the chance he could have gotten sucker punched by the dude, right? I mean, there is that possibility. Yeah, I got to see the video, and it is some of the best video I've ever seen. Just sort of the, the taken um, in a uh, you know on the fly. Somebody just held their camera up. I have the audio was pretty good. You he kind of did what you did with that dude last night. Uh, right. the, you kind of turned him a little bit, yeah. but he did it in real life with yeah. an angry drunk man. Right, with a big yeah angry bigger drunk than Adam. Man. Right, right. Yeah. Adam Kokesh is a relative. You know, I mean, he's not a tall man, yeah. but he is a muscular man. Right. This guy happened to be tall and, and muscular. muscular. Right, and um, so. I have no idea how this, you know, it could have it could have turned out very badly. Right, and I mean, this might be a good way to talk yourself out of a bar fight, especially since he then said, hey, I'm a veteran too, and then the guy kind of, you know, had some more respect for him. At the end of the video, he turns down the, I think, I know he gave him a, or tried to give him a freedom sticker. I don't know if he tried to give him, I don't remember if he tried to give him a flyer or a book or something else. He does have a book but, called but, Freedom, yeah. But this was kind of presented as, well, I know he has one, but I don't know if he tried to, he tried to give the guy a sticker and something else. Yeah. And the guy turned it down. This was kind of pre- presented in the, in the video as a good way to change people's minds. And I don't, I really don't think that this guy who said, oh, you're a veteran too, then I won't beat you up. But no, I'm not going to read your flyer. Went home, got sober, thought about his <laughs> life, got over his Stockholm syndrome, no, got over not. everything else he had to, to get over, and then converted. And those are two very different goals. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So what about it, Robert? Did you have more comments you wanted to share? Um, no, that was, that was it. Um, so you just wanted to bring that up as an example of successfully interceding in a what could have been a violent situation? Yeah, using trying to use peaceful communication to you know try to bring people down from from uh, in, uh, engaging in violence when trying to trying to convey a peaceful message to them. I think it's important. I think it's important to uh, you know not escalate a potential a potentially violent situation. 
Um, and, you know, Adam did a great job of it, and it did help that he was already a part of the military. Didn't they have kind of like that that whole, uh, you know, well, did you actually see combat thing? Because sometimes bringing yeah. up that you were in the military isn't good enough the for some The puffer fish thing. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, they did. So, you know, like, uh, you know, the first first they puff up and they say, I support the troops, and then uh, you puff up and you say, well, I own the troops, and then they puff up and says, well, I am to the troops, and w- I was part of the troops that carried guns. What were you, a potato peeler? And uh, then, you know, the, then yeah. the, uh, the potato peeler says no no i wasn't a potato peeler i was a freaking navy seal right and i jumped out of airplanes at uh, you know high altitudes and open low and um you know oh, yeah well i went and walked to the moon right like it just keeps on going until yeah. you know there's nothing left you don't get an opinion unless you attempted to catch bullets for the government that's and that's the dumbest thing in the world right i mean like i'm sorry the fact that you decided to take extraordinarily low pay to uh you know, be out there and be the the government's bullet catcher to you know fight wars that politicians drum up that uh, ultimately amount to little or nothing. I mean, I I want to hear about this war that's been so stellar, successful uh, that we fought that the United States fought in the last six decades. I mean, I know that there's World War II out there. Everybody likes Saving Private Ryan. It was an awesome movie. It if you talk to a World War II vet, it you know, they're a little torn on that particular war. But, you know, bring it back. Show me what the United States well, has done in six they, decades. Go ahead. I think they lure people in because people, they might not have anything, and they might not have any education, and going to the military is good for them. And, like, it's just, like they get tax-free money when they go overseas, you know? like it's, it's, Oh, there's a strong lure to the military, especially for those that really don't have any kind of direction in life. Hey, Robert, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the Thank discussion. You. Our toll-free number, if you want to join us, just as Robert has done, is 855-450-FREE. we got more coming up on the National Health Service uh, trying to kill a baby. And did they succeed? I guess we'll find out yes. coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and you can dial toll-free to join us here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Coming up, Venezuela, the minimum wage has gone up 60%. Wow. We'll talk more about what that means coming up here in uh, moments with you tonight. It's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. Uh, We're starting, uh, we're continuing the conversation that we started in the first segment about the National Health Service uh, over in the U.K., there's a baby with a mitochondrial something or Condition. other. Sounds really bad. Apparently, without this uh, treatment that it uh, needed, it was going to... Well, with the treatment, it would only last for another 12 years maximum. Um, without the treatment, it would likely die relatively soon. Is that the idea, Melanie? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much fatal without any treatment at all. So we're going to tell you more about that and what the government uh, was doing, what the family tried to do in response. Uh, and you can share your thoughts toll-free at 855-450-FREE. Also, uh, I do want to let you know about HostGator. So if you want to get web hosting done, you maybe you already have a website and you want to move to a new host, or you've never had a website before uh, or a blog, you want to start one up, go with HostGator.com slash FTL. That slash FTL gets you 50% off. That's 5-0, 50% off. 
of their regular hosting prices at HostGator. They're one of the top hosting companies out there with a 99.99% uptime rating and uh, other awards that they've won uh, recently. HostGator is, uh, is a great host, and they've got 24-7 over-the-phone or live chat tech support, a simple, one-click, easy installation for WordPress, and a very intuitive and user-friendly control panel that puts the power of creation and the simplicity of use into your hands. You go to HostGator.com slash FTL, like Free Talk Live, to get 50% off and get started on that website you've been wanting to build. Go to HostGator.com slash FTL. So, uh, the government bureaucrats who run the National Health Service there decided that it was going to cost $1.5 million to do some kind of procedure with this uh, very young baby. How old was was eight, it? Eight months. Eight months old. It was $1.5 million. That's, I think, pretty much where yes. we left the story off. So, what happened yes. next? So, the, and, I mean, and... To be fair, that's the inflated price. So if you had an actual that's free market price. where you didn't have necessarily me- medical schools being expensive, medical insurance being, not medical insurance, but malpractice insurance for the medical people. And, you know, all, all the equipment and stuff being as expensive, maybe it wouldn't cost that much. But okay. as of now, 1.5 mil. So they decided that they weren't going to pay for that, even though they've monopolized the medical system. So they basically took away this family's ability to buy it on the free market and then told them that they weren't going to supply it, which to me would be wow. more like telling so a death s- sentence for the right. child. So and because this isn't, and if you live in a place where government healthcare is more of a welfare program than an ingrained in the system program, like this isn't like denying someone for Medicaid. This is more like telling someone, okay, we're in charge of the roads, but you specifically are not allowed to drive on the roads. Mm. It's more like that. And therefore right. you are going to die because you'll starve to death. Right. It's one thing to say that, uh, you know, taxpayers of uh, the United Kingdom are not going to pay to keep this child alive. It's another, it, which, I mean, that's a distasteful position. And I would, I'm really, really glad that St. Jude Hospital didn't take that position, um, you know, regarding childhood cancer. Right. Like, you know, this agreed, agreed. This is probably I can see why somebody would say that this three month old child should not get this treatment and then go ahead and die at 12. Right. I can see that. But it's the attempting to save children like this that then makes you better at saving children like this. So, you know, mm-hmm. the next ones that come along with this mitochondrial condition that we're referring to here, you know, will have a little longer because you. It might get 18 years instead right. of 12. Right, I mean, Something. almost anything that will eventually kill you was fatal before they developed the cure. Sure. You know, I mean, and if vaccines were too expensive at the time, then, uh, you, know, you know, Salk wouldn't have got his funding from the government, and that's it, right? Like, that's the, the problem here. And in this case, the UK is so... Like the, over there, they're just so indoctrinated with the National uh, Health Service that they definitely need to hear this message. They not only chose to not fund this child's health care, but they intentionally kept this child from health care that their pa- that the pa- family wants wanted to pay for. That's murder. That that I, we haven't gotten to that part of the story yet. So well, but I, I definitely I, want to know more about that. But even without that, so if I if if the state comes and says to you, Ian Freeman, you are not allowed to drive on any roads. If we lived in a society where there were was competition for roads and different road companies and different construction companies, that would be a denial of welfare. 
But that's not the system we have. The system we have is that the states and their subsidiaries build the roads, and they're the only ones, for the most part, who are allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. So, and under that system, that is a denial of roads, not a denial of subsidization. So even without the part we're going to get to in a minute, I still feel like that is, you know, if you're in charge of it and telling, and I know in Canada there are restrictions on private medical practice and it based on what this Mises story says it sounds like it's that way in the UK I don't know that for sure but if you're monopolizing the system and using your army and police force to maintain your monopoly on the system and then telling someone they can't have the service you're not only neglecting to pay for it you're actually depriving them of the service because you're preventing them from buying it in the private market right so a death sentence right so at that point, if if you're the state and you monopolize the service through force and then deny someone the service, you have killed that person. If it's a service, that's, which of course the state them. is used to doing, so it's no problem for them. No, not a right. problem for them. I mean, they usually don't kill eight month olds domestically. No, but hey, it's but, just first time for everything. I mean, right. So it gets worse it than that, though. The family actually raised the 1.5 million oh, and got a trip and treatment plan to the states. So where they could probably get it for less than 1.5 million and, you know, actually have a nice little vacation to go along with it. It doesn't say that here. There it, is such a thing as medical tourism. Uh, may not, maybe not so much to the States, but other uh, countries in like Europe or wherever. Oh, yeah, that's really common. Where people will go and they'll spend whatever the, the amount is and just basically take time off of work, take a week and, you know, take it easy and get the job done that, you know, get the procedure done that they need to get. Uh, they'll even do it for, uh, I've heard, I remember years ago we talked about like Austrian dentists coming to the UK and setting up a tent to give people dental checkups and saying, look, you come down here to Austria, well, you know, you can buy a ticket and you get all these things included and we'll actually make your teeth look good. They do the same thing. A lot thing of Americans for- go to um, Mexican dentists too because it's same thing. less costly. Cheaper. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, well, American dentists aren't really that much. You're talking fifty to a hundred dollars, but well, it depends on where you depends are. On the procedure, yeah, but yeah, uh, but yeah, American dentists have more competition. There's not as much regulation in in the dental field, so that's why prices. Yeah, they tend haven't to be been better. completely taken over by right. not really health insurance, but what is called health insurance. So, so they ma- they raised the money. They raised a hundred one and a half million dollars. And got the trip planned, and they were going to get their child out of the hospital where he was on on life support and transfer him to the hospital in the States. Uh And the UK would not allow that. Wow. They couldn't even take their baby out of the hospital? Nope. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. You can comment uh, and bring up whatever's on your mind. Socialism in the medical field resulting in the death of an eight-month-old child. And uh, we got more coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. 855 450 free. This is Free Talk Live. The Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is going out to the ball game, sponsoring the New Hampshire Fisher Cats on June 10th. Join the LPNH in the new pavilion with access to a private portion of the bar and an all-you-can-eat buffet. Tickets are only $40, but need to be purchased by May 9th. Get your tickets at lpnh.org slash FTL.
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing toll-free. You can bring up anything that you want. we got uh, some interesting international headlines here, but you can also bring up whatever is on your mind. That is the point here of Free Talk Live. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. And today, wow, what a day for Bitcoin. What a weekend uh, for the, the price of Bitcoin. Uh, crashed through the $1,400 mark within the last 24 hours overnight, uh, jumping up as far, uh, this act- actually this afternoon jumping up a bit, uh, all the way up to like 1430 or 1425 It's down at around 1400 right now uh, per Bitcoin. Record highs uh, for the Bitcoin currency, but all is not well in the Bitcoin world. Despite the incredible high price behind the scenes, the Geek war continues uh, to be fought with uh, two sides fighting for the future of Bitcoin. And all the while, the Bitcoin fees are continuing to rise, especially now with this increase in the in the price. I mean, nearly a uh, probably a 40 percent increase in just the last month or so, it seems like. It's uh, been a, it's been yeah it's it's shooting up yeah and uh, and so therefore the fees that had already been very high due to this unresolved geek war are now even more incredibly high. I mean it's uh, I just spent some Bitcoin this afternoon. And I spent almost a dollar's worth of Bitcoin to send the transaction. This is a huge problem, and the folks over at Bitcoin.com are covering it in detail. They've got uh, the news site, the news section there at Bitcoin.com. There's games. There's You can buy Bitcoin through Bitcoin.com. It's a great, great website. If you want to keep up with the latest on what's happening in the Bitcoin scene, you definitely want to go to Bitcoin.com. Maybe you're brand new to Bitcoin. You want to learn about Bitcoin and what it is, decentralized uh, cryptocurrency that is just an amazing concept uh, that has been around now since, I don't know, what, 2008, 2009, something like that. Uh, you can go to Bitcoin.com to learn about it from you know square one. And uh, if you're an expert Bitcoiner, you'll still find resources that are useful to you, like their Bitcoin news over at Bitcoin.com. They got a forum there as well, which is uncensored. Uh, so definitely recommend checking that out as we continue to watch and, and be amazed by the incredible high price of Bitcoin. All the while, it's losing its market share, uh, which is not good. Not good for the the dominant position of Bitcoin, which used to be very dominant in the cryptocurrency marketplace, is now at sixty percent. Now you've called it its market share. I think that deserves market a, dominance. Is what it's I think it, uh, well, it it uh, deserves some explanation, right? Like, what is this market dominance? If you're talking about places that accept Bitcoin that accept cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin still rules that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah true. by like, which is probably why the price is so high. 500 times the next yeah. leading competitor yeah um maybe maybe all the competitors combined that kind of thing uh, there's a few that uh, will accept things through sort of shape shift and then basically turn them into bitcoin right um so you know and from that standpoint bitcoin still has the dominance uh whereas in this area what is this area what is what area explain what you mean when you say market dominance Oh, uh, what I mean by that is that uh, there's a certain amount of uh, capitalization, meaning the total value of all of the Bitcoins combined is now, uh, compared to all of the other altcoins combined, getting weaker and weaker. So there, it used to be, right now, there's $22.8 billion worth of Bitcoin out there in the world, and the amount of altcoins, which are hundreds of them, uh, but there's you know only like a top 20 that really matter. 
the altcoins that are combined together are $14 billion. And so of the total market capitalization of all cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin is now 61.7%. It was at 60% earlier uh, today, and uh, it used to be as high as 95%. So Bitcoin used to be the clear market dominant uh, winner, and now it's not so clear as far as the amount of trading that's going on, the amount of volume uh, the amount of uh, value that's in those markets. I share your concern, prices and everything. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely not everything. Another thing that is uh, is a factor is how much is being traded. And right now, Bitcoin is not the number one uh, as far as most traded. It is trailing behind the altcoins with $830 million traded in the last 24 hours but compared trading, to $713 million in Bitcoin. Trading and the price um, are all sort of wrapped together. So yeah. the price is based on de- supply and demand through exchanges, yeah. not on utility. And um, you know, today, that it certainly could be that some coin comes along and gets far more useful. Right, and Ethereum's nipping at its heels. Uh, the number two most popular crypto with six point seven billion market cap. That's more than uh, a quarter of what Bitcoin's current market cap is. So they are definitely there's competition, and they're hot on their heels. So we're going to continue to watch it here on Free Talk Live, and of course you can go to Bitcoin.com to follow the latest. Yeah, Bitcoin needs to figure out what what it's going to be when it grows and up. They need to do it fast. Is it going to be a um, is it going to be you know Blockstream's project for trading on the internet? It's um, a private company that's sort of gotten their mitts in involved. Right. Or is it going to be uh, you know Bitcoin Jesus's uh, you know free market currency? We don't know. But Bitcoin uh, Jesus is Roger Veer, who is a friend of the show and uh, and the guy behind Bitcoin.com. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know they both sides have some pretty good arguments, and everybody's sort of upset. Everybody's got a position. Um, I'm very, very, very concerned with the uh, off uh, you know off blockchains. Is that what they call it? I don't know. We don't have time to get into any okay. kind of technical stuff here. I just wanted to let people know about Bitcoin.com. So, uh, Melanie, you've got a little bit more here. You just told us that there was an eight month old child in the UK who has some kind of mitochondrial issue that's going to you know cause its death ultimately it did apparently and uh had it gotten treated well and I, w- I, w- I would disagree with that slightly because the way medical science is today he had a projected 12 year lifespan at best if he got the, the treatment right the UK then killed him thus depriving him of not only the 12 years, but any potential advances in medical treatment and might have been cured by the time he was 10. We don't know. They killed him. They killed him because they said, we didn't want to spend $1.5 million on the treatment that we could have spent the money on to try to help him. We'd rather just let him die. Or did they actually put him to death? Well, so uh, that's debatable, I guess. I, I would say they did. So the parents showed up to take him from that hospital to transport him to a hospital in the States. Because they raised the money to get it done in the U.S. Right. And and this, the hospital said no. The hospital went wow. to court and got a ruling that the child was to be removed from life support and left to die. Oh, my gosh. It was appealed. They ruled it. The, child, the, kid, the parents tried to take the kid out of the hospital. The state stopped them from doing that, took him off life support. Physically stopped them. They they brought in goons. I don't know how much they resisted and it's the UK. Yeah, so you they probably can't did. really shoot the CPS worker, but um So the the state was basically saying the the government in the UK basically said 
Sorry, folks. Yeah, you put in the nine months to, uh, you know, have this baby, but now it's ours, and we're just going to be keeping it here against your will. Uh, it's our child, not yours. Uh, have a nice day. We're just going to let him die here. Yeah, I think that's a really relevant thing to say, because who can keep a baby, a parents, um, who can keep uh, parents from taking their child out of the hospital, um, out of a place? And Apparently the, the state. Is the people that own the baby. Those yeah. are the, that's the only well, answer the to the question. the baby owns itself. So really? What's the evidence of that? Because it's a person. Okay. Well, I mean, you're the parents just are claiming the trustees that. of the of the child, not but the a state. Trustee functions as an owner. I mean, until the 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 thing can claim its own self ownership. I mean, sure. at, at this point in its or at an eight month point in its life, it can't even conceptualize that. Right. So like Mark's parents can't walk in here and be like, "Uh, Mark, you're not doing this radio show. Get in the car," because they don't own Mark. Right. If parents owned their babies then mark's parents could do that well well, no you emancipate yourself you emancipate yourself from those you know from that stewardship well that's not usually something we allow property to do if that's ownership if it's trusteeship then it's different well i don't like the term ownership i agree with you on that uh well i'm telling you that the state functioned as an organization that owned that child the state held onto that child until it died because they took it off of life support only people that could do that the only people that could prevent the, the 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 parents from taking a child out of a hospital pull that child off of life support and kill it are the people that own that child i'd like to hear if there's anybody out there that supports what the government did I mean, because there obviously are people who there support. Can't be. <laughs> there obviously are people who support the. I'm sure there are the government health care, the universal health care, and this is one of the consequences of government universal health care. Is and that isn't some the board point supposed to be that you get care you can afford? There's more coming up here. Eight fifty five, four fifty, free. is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and join us right here on the radio. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Conversation about a child, a very small baby, uh, eight months old. I thought it was three. She said eight months. Okay. He was eight months old. His life expectancy was three to 12 more years. Okay. If the procedure with, was with done. With treatment. Um, and so the National Health Service refused to do that uh, $1.5 million treatment, even though they've promised free health care to everybody. Uh, apparently, some board of bureaucrats gets to ultimately decide whether or not you receive that health care. Mark, you called that a death panel. Uh, I don't know earlier. what else. The, uh, you know, I mean, that's it, it seems like the obvious thing to call it. I'm not some conspiracy theorist yep. that, um, you know, uh, regarding this, but it's obvious that there's a cost benefit analysis to every treatment that's going to go on. That's right. And so in this case, they also went so far as to refuse to allow the parents to even take their own child out of the hospital to the United States so they could have a treatment done that they had raised the money to do. Imagine the hubris, the hubris that you have regarding your system of health care that you'll say, no, no, just because we won't provide it for you doesn't mean you can go get service someplace else. That child's going to die here That's right. in a British hospital because it's a British child. I mean, it's just so insane. It's hard to really even uh, really cr- comprehend or grasp how how insane that is how anyone could justify that and i suspect that uh, the bureaucrats who are in charge of this particular program are not commenting to the media about this particular well, i'm sure that the socialists 
who run the socialist hospitals in Britain are not commenting to the Mises Institutes. I'm yeah, I wonder how sure much of that. But I, I wonder how much coverage this even received in the you know the national media over in the UK. I mean, and I don't know if that's necessarily inappropriate. The Mises Institute picked a story, not necessarily at random, but they picked one that would probably be more sympathetic than they probably picked the one that they thought would be the most sympathetic. But it's well, not sure. like. I'm this sure this isn't people, uncommon. Like it's no, it's not. I mean, this is something that uh, that happens to older people, which is why you see a lot of people from Canada uh, come down to the United States. Because, yeah, it happens all the time from Canada. Yeah, it, because if you're old, and generally the way it works is they treat the young people decent in the uh, the healthcare system. That way, they talk good about it. Like if we've talked to people who are like, "I love the single payer system." Well, how old are you? I'm thirty. You know, you're hardly ever it's sick. It's really great when I you get know? when I make babies. I could get to have them for free. When yeah. I make new tax livestock for the government, the government will cover back, yeah. the, uh, the 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 spawning fees for right. the tax animals. But when you're no longer a tax creator or like a tax feed when you're no longer generating taxes uh when you're retired you're 70 80 years old that's when they start to say no to you because well you're just not as worth it to the well, government right. and i mean because they don't look at you like a person and this is you know the not necessarily federal reserve if you're not in the states but whatever central bank they have you know you're there farm animals as far as they're concerned so if you have right. a I don't know what the translations are into, you know, years for other animals, but if you have a horse or a pig that's, you know, midlife or whatever, versus if you have an old hurt horse, you're not going to take care of it. You're going to take it out back and shoot it. And a they can't get away with doing that yet. So they just kind of, you know. They just deny the coverage. They right. deny the, the, the whatever the issue was. Now, a lot of them will come down to the United States and get the problem taken care of because they can. Um, and because they're old enough to be able to walk out of the hospital, in this case, this is really an extremely egregious case because they literally have total control over that baby's body and they refused to allow it to even be released to the parents, uh, forcing it to die in their care, removing it from life support. It's an insane story. And then it led to a conversation about ownership of, well, you know, who really is uh, in charge of this baby? And Mark, you said that the government clearly owns this uh, child because it's acting as though it owns the child it possesses the child it is uh, you know controlling the child I don't see any uh, Brits uh, all up in arms about this I mean well you- they have no arms. Yeah, well, that's uh, they they have they have knives, um, and they could be saying things. And I don't, I haven't heard a, a single one say anything about this particular case. Well, we that haven't heard mean, anything about this until tonight. To be fair, well, it, it, you don't think this is a this is like a capital case, Ian? This is a huge deal. Well, do you happen to remember the name of the family? I'll go and check around and see if we can. It's figure in out. the story. Yeah. Just later, if you want to give me that, I'm just curious to see if there is any coverage, you know, and, and what level of outrage. Look, or the British love to talk about how Amer- more American toddlers uh, kill people than, um, you know, like I can't remember what toddlers they, kill people. Yeah, co- toddlers kill people all the time. They got handguns. <laughs> no, they don't. In the yeah, United yeah. States, yes, yes they, they do. do. Yeah, they do. Toddlers, really? toddlers kill about one person a month in the United States. No kidding. Yeah, yes. indeed. But they love to th- toss that stuff around. When the British government goes killing children, though. Mm, it's not news. Okay, so the child's name was Charlie Gard, G-A-R-D. Okay, I'll take uh, take a look at that. So, uh, but you disagreed. With- I just saw I just saw a YouTube video of some pompous British blowhard talking about 
the top ten things that you find oh, that uh, foreigners find amazing about the United States. Oh, and I think is, I saw that same video. And this is, uh, you know, one of the things they're talking about, how toddlers shoot people in the U.S. Well, we'd like to talk about why you people are so, <laughs> so uh, you know, open mouth and agog with your great uh, National Health Service There's there. definitely coverage uh, in the U.K. on this. Uh, Daily Mail and The Guardian, uh, a couple of the first results on the story. So uh, anyway, you guys were talking about who owns who, and uh, Melanie, you, uh, I don't think that conversation was over. You you were getting into it during the break, and I said, hold on, maybe y'all should talk about this on the air. Yeah, so I'll I'll start out. All right. I say that, um, you know, we can... Uh, we can pussyfoot around about terminology regarding children, but basically they're the closest thing that we have to slaves in the world. So um, when you look at... Well, not in the world, because there is definitely slavery in the world. Sure. Um, let's talk about my son, Jack. He's nine years old. If I wanted to, I could make him go out and pick the uh, dandelions. Dandelions are coming up here in New Hampshire right now. I love them, by the way. I think they're gorgeous. Uh, little yellow bits of life right in the middle of my lawn. They drive my wife, uh, who's a Yankee, nuts. Uh, but I never got to see that stuff down in Florida. So I could make him go and pull all the dandelions out and just put him to work all day long. Dandelion pulling, right? Well, who can you put to work like that? That's, I mean, really, it's he'd only be described as a slave. Now, frankly, he's a really poor one. He's got a crappy attitude when it comes to slavery, um, you know, and it'd be more trouble than it was worth to try and get, to get him to pull dandelions. But, you know, if I could apply the lash to him, maybe it would work. I don't know. I'm not really that interested in pulling dandelions. I'm just pointing out that... We can call him my ward. Um, we can say I'm the trustee of his freedom until he is old enough to handle it or whatever. But ultimately, the fact of the matter is, is that they got to do what you say while they you know, stay with you. And that basically sounds like a slave. Right. An indentured so, servant. So, so you're describing a power structure, not a moral concept. So, yes, it is physically possible to for a... I don't know exactly how old you are, grown man, to d- physically dominate a nine-year-old. Absolutely. Yep, you're right. And the law will allow me. It's important to... Uh, the law will allow allow a lot of things. There you go. But that, I, I find what the state will allow completely irrelevant to a moral discussion or a discussion of who actually owns a thing. So if you own something, that means that you can do whatever you want with it. You own. You also own animals. You can kill them. Nobody. Well, I mean, there's some people, but I, I don't find anything particularly immoral with that. If- well, okay. So a slave isn't the same as an animal. For when you look at human, uh, you know, slave rights. Right, but you're talking about who owns centuries. a thing, and if the thing is a person, things you own, you can do anything you want with morally. Now, there, the state might stop you, but it is completely moral to do whatever you want with a thing that you own. And if that's not the case with a child, then you don't own a child. Okay. I, uh, hmm. I, I Hold on. Give me a second here. Um, as far as ownership goes, you can't – like uh, I, what I'm saying is a child's effectively a slave, right? That's what my position is? Are I, slaves I, not owned? Uh, no, slaves are not owned. Slaves are purported to be owned, okay. but they're not owned. But because, uh, you know, say in, when you had chattel slavery, you weren't allowed to kill your slave just because you felt like it. That depends on where you were. Indeed. 
in the United States with, uh, you know, when you're talking about British common law, these sorts of things, even on back to Rome, uh, Greece, you weren't allowed to just kill a slave because you, you felt could like beat it. Nobody really yep. stopped anybody from killing slaves in the States well, back they when were they worth had yeah. something. Yeah. They were worth something, um, and that's the reason people generally didn't do it. But yeah, you there were there's there court case after court case uh, regarding the treatment of slaves in the U.S. Now, in some cases, we're talking indentured servants, and in some cases, we're talking chattel slavery. I'm saying that uh, slavery has existed in different forms, but largely, you're just not you were just not allowed to just go ahead and kill a slave for fun. Okay, but I don't, I don't see how. Legal slavery has to do anything with moral moral ownership. We'll get into it. Eight fifty five, four fifty free plus. If there's a little bit of good news, apparently, baby's still alive, uh, and there's another chance. More coming up. North to Port is a liberty-inspired fiction podcast about a band on tour. Each episode chronicles the band's adventures in the form of a radio interview at a tour stop location. Listen as North to Port explores liberty themes in friendly ways with humor and music. To listen to the podcast and the accompanying album, please visit northtoport.com. That's N-O-R-T-H-T-O-P-O-R-T.com. Or just search North to Port in your favorite podcatcher. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. We're launching into the second hour of the program. Plenty of time for you to share your thoughts with us tonight, whether it's on the government one-size-fits-all healthcare program, which, of course, sometimes they decide that it shouldn't fit you at all and then just leave you out in the cold, or in this case, leave a baby to die in a hospital, which is what we, if you're just now tuning in, have been discussing. Uh, The story out of the UK, the National Health Service, Involving a little boy, he's eight months old, uh, with his parents trying to get him well. He's got a serious condition, a rare genetic condition. Apparently, he's one of just 16 people around the the globe with this condition. And uh, his name is Charlie Gard. His parents, Connie and Chris, uh, were just you know were rejected by a court there in uh, the UK that ruled that. They are not free to remove their son from the hospital that he is in and take him to the United States where they've raised the money that they need to get this uh, the service that might keep him alive for up to another dozen years. The state in uh, the UK instead has said that, uh, well, we've just determined that it's not only is it not worth spending the $1.5 million that we'd have to spend to get him the treatment here, but we're not even going to let you do it anywhere else. Why? Well, who knows what their rationale is for making that decision, uh, because the bureaucrats certainly aren't talking about it. Well, some people have speculated they just don't want to look bad. They just don't want the, the you know, everything. So they're going to let a baby die so they don't want to look bad? Well, that's crazy talk. Well, we're it's not, not crazy with talk. People do people. things like that all the time. <laughs> and I mean, if if this kid dies because he is actually still alive, if this kid dies, then people will be mad about it for about six months, and then they'll go play video games or something. Mm. If it's proven that you can leave the socialized healthcare system and go to, and the states doesn't even really have a free market in healthcare, and go to a slightly less socialized system. Or moderately less, I guess, is still fair. So, medical system and not die. 
then that kind of undermines their whole system. It's if they kill this kid, they can be like, oh, we made a bad choice and we won't do it again. We promise Mm. if they prove to not be effective, that undermines their existence. So, yeah, they're going to if they can get away with it, they're going to kill the kid and take that hit. Because that's going to be over far sooner. Yep, that's absolutely the smart move. So, um, you know, the she's 100% right. They can apologize for a poor decision that resulted in the death of a very sickly child. They, however, can't really cover it up if, they, if it's shown that, look, um, their socialized medical system is deficient compared to the United States' slightly less socialized medical uh, system. And... Well, the justice was sorry. He said it. Well, he had the heaviest of hearts when yeah. he rejected their request to have really their own child. Really sorry about killing your kid. Yeah, it's the law. The law is important. Um, so, a little bit of good news, then y'all can you know get back into this discussion about whether children are owned or not because it didn't feel like that was quite done uh, in the last segment. But the little bit of good news is even though the judge has ruled against them, and that ruling came in looks like a couple weeks ago, the child is still alive. Uh, so there's an update today from the Daily Mail in the UK, posted today, uh, that uh, has in, apparently the parents have decided to appeal the judge's decision. I don't know if they can expedite the appeal because of the you know life and death situation, or if they're going to have to wait a year. I mean, who knows how long it's going to take to hear this appeal, given the way court systems work. But they are going to take it up to an appeals court, and the child is still alive. It does not indicate whether the child has been removed from the life support system, but that is apparently the intention of the hospital. Whether that has occurred at this point, perhaps they can't do that until the appeals are exhausted. I don't know. One would think. Yeah. So right now, the baby's still alive. So there's a chance, but I wouldn't say it's a very good okay. one. Well, and he would have a better chance in the States, not just because the health care is slightly, you know, less socialized, but also because in the States, you could remove your kid from the hospital because hospitals are always cold and you could kind of just walk in there with a jacket and the States has guns so you could get your kid. The, ho- the, the doctor is not going to take a bullet for that. Yeah. And so if you do it before the, you know, the judge's figure out you're going to do it they're not gonna, every hospital room is not guarded so you just right. walk in and take your kid which is at some point you would think that you know a parent who presumably probably cares about their child more than anything else in the world would presumably. be willing to i mean if you're facing the death of your child or four months in jail i would think you'd go ahead and take that risk and getting, walk in and grab the, the kid getting your kid out of the country is probably more difficult than getting them out of the hospital well, so and, and it's a good they, point they might figure that they have a better if he's still in life support they might figure they have better odds seeing what happens in court first because mm-hmm. if i mean Eng, england is right. not land is you know a waterlocked country they have to get on a plane if they're not going to be able to get on a plane to get to the states, and that means you need then a he's passport, he's going to die right? anyway. Yeah. You need a passport for the baby. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the uh, transitions like through the channel. You need a passport whatever, for the baby but... to get here, right? So I'm assuming you need one to leave there. That's a problem. So basically, you've got to do what the state says in this case. They have total lockdown control over the situation. Even if, even if you can get him out of the hospital, then what? Well, the Brits wanted socialized medicine. This is what it looks like. Um, And I think that it's also important to point out that, look, um, the United States is where this treatment is for a reason. When you have socialized medicine, it disincentivizes innovation Mm -hmm. in the area of medicine. 
And, well, and, so, no and in one some cases, it straight out criminalizes it. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, they don't have the treatment for this baby in Great Britain. You know, the center of world finance doesn't have this treatment for children. So they got to come to the United States. Oh, to no, get they it. have the treatment. They're just not willing to pay for the treatment in this case. They'd probably have to fly it over. Could be. Could be. Yeah. So just saying that's, uh, you know, the U.S. Uh, medical system for all its foibles. At the very least, you're kid can get the treatment if you're willing to pay for it. I don't know how right. in the world they managed to raise well, $1.5 million. Donations. Some, yeah, it was donations. So, I mean, and even in a lot of the cases, if you can't. Now, and a socialist had made this point to me when I was in college, that works better for some people than others. That works better if you're eight months old than it does if you're a 50-year-old man. You mean collecting donations? Yes. Yes, um, So. Totally. If you're in the quasi-socialized system where you have high prices and you, so you still have the high prices, but you're talking about here, you have to pay for it. Yeah. So yeah. like in the States, right. um, that doesn't work for everybody, but in a fully socialized medical system, it doesn't work for anybody. And then in the free market where, you know, this $1.5 million treatment might cost $20,000, it works for pretty much everybody. Yeah. If we only had a free market in healthcare and we don't have anything even close to it. So you're right. It's mostly a socialist system in the United States, but not completely. Um, they're making it worse over time as they eliminate more of these insurance companies and consolidate them and ultimately plan to replace them with uh, government you know, controlled system, a completely government controlled system. I kind of want to know what the insurance companies who wrote and sponsored the ACA were thinking would happen to them and why they thought they would be allowed to continue to exist past three or four years. Great point. Maybe they just, I don't know, like maybe they're just hoping for some kind of buyout by the by the government uh, because ultimately... That's not how eminent domain works. Yeah, or nationalization. Well, or yeah, that either. Yeah, or maybe they just want to be government bureaucrats, ultimately. They want to end their... They are bureaucrats. Yeah. Uh, people that work at insurance companies are just a step up, and banks, they're just a step up from government bureaucrats. All right, so uh, can we recap this discussion about ownership? Because I don't know if y'all Yeah, I think it. that it's worth... Uh, so the in this case, what I was pointing out is the um, the UK government was asserting its ownership over this child. They have the baby. They're keeping the baby. They have the baby. They're keeping the baby. And as far as they're concerned, the baby can die before it can get medical treatment. Right. Now, the only organization that would be able to keep a child from its parents is the chi- is the organization that owns that child. So what the state is, and we can see it as clear as it can possibly be here. And they take babies the, in the U.S. too. It is the monopoly. Uh, it, it's the monopoly slave owner. That's what citizenship is. Citizenship is ultimately the uh, the government claiming your life from you and what i was pointing out is is that yeah you know parents are given the uh, uh given the trustee status over this ownership for the government in large part but the government can still assert its ownership now i'm not saying i like this i'm not advocating for it i just want you to understand Toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. you got to be realistic. Uh, wipe away all of the illusions about the state. Uh, there's more coming up. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. You can bring up whatever you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've got Skype. And you can Skype on in at username lrn.fm. 
Uh, with you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Melanie. And Mark. Great. Pillow. I use it. Mark uses it. It's called My Pillow. And uh, I've been using now the My Pillow for about a year of my life. And I love it. Uh, I use it every single night. If there was a better pillow, I wouldn't be using My Pillow. My Pillow is the best pillow I've ever used. Uh, you can try one out for yourself with a 60 day money back guarantee because they really believe in My Pillow. Uh, they're willing to buy it back from me if you don't like it. You go to mypillow.com, use code FTL. That's code FTL, like Free Talk Live, and they'll give you 50% off of your MyPillow. You can also get two for the price of one, so it is up to you how many you order. It's designed to fit to the shape of your body and hold your neck in the proper position. It also is washable, so if you'd like, you can put it in the washer and dryer. It's I think that's the important that. part, really. It's, it's really great. Uh, MyPillow.com, use code FTL. The pillow, by the way, is so if you keep it, as we have done, uh, it's guaranteed to last for 10 years. So great warranty, money-back guarantee, uh, within 60 days. Just uh, amazing. MyPillow.com. Code FTL gets you the 50% off as we continue here. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. Whether you want to talk about the baby being held captive in the UK by the government, uh, going to basically force it to die likely at some point first, or, or you can bring up anything you want. Also, Venezuela news on the way. But we got Liberty Lover on the line in uh, Ohio on Skype. Hey, how are you doing hey, today? What's on your mind tonight? It was uh, about Trump's comments earlier. Did you hear what he said about the Civil War and Andrew Jackson? No, I don't have any idea. I'd like to hear about how these two things are related. Uh, That's what I want to know. He (laughs) said that during the Civil War, he said that Andrew Jackson was very angry about the conflict, despite the fact that Andrew Jackson had died 15 years before it even happened. I'm pretty sure that Andrew Jackson was seething with anger about everything. So um, I'm not entirely sure it's an incorrect statement. (laughs) And then he asked a question that confused more people, which was why? They're not confused. They know he's just dumb. (laughs) he, he, He said something which was, why did we even have a civil war? And a lot of people would say it was about slavery, whereas I disagree with that myself well it's not an it was about secession and secession was about slavery right partially yes yes but abraham lincoln another reason yeah why do you think the taxes were levied yeah Uh, and i because the north didn't like the south um i mean it all just sort of came back to the same issue yeah and you know the civil war i feel like taught a lot of people that secession was an inherently bad thing yeah that you know, it's not an option because it's just going to lead to another war. Whereas I feel like the South was tired of being pushed around. In fact, I believe in their constitution, they outlawed certain taxes and tariffs. Sure. There were definitely and, some intolerable taxes that they were uh, they were upset about. Do you, uh, out of curiosity, do you ever see secession happening within your lifetime? Me, Mark, or Ian? There's not uh, any here, too. Mark. Um, I'm going to say... No. Well, and, you... w- secession within the United States, like yeah, that's I... not the only secession. Secession happens all the yeah, time. Yeah, secession's happening all the time. You're right about that. Well, do you see, like, for example, I know Ian has talked about it before, like New Hampshire, for example, possibly having some sort of secession. Ian talks about all kinds of things. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's possible. Yes. Would you like to see that happen? Of course. Oh, well, I mean, like is an entirely different conversation than do you think it's going to happen, Ian? Are you coming down the side of – I didn't want to hear possible. Certainly, it's 
possible. It's possible that I will rise up and hit the ceiling in the next 10 seconds. It's just not very likely. What do you think the likelihood is on a scale of 1 to 10 of New Hampshire or any other state seceding from the union within your lifetime, your lifetime being your death at 80 years old? You're not an Alcor.org uh, member like I am. So at this point, we have to presume that you will die in a normal human lifespan. I would say given how slow politics tends to go, probably very unlikely. I would probably put it on a 2 out of the, the 10 okay. uh, to be realistic. But is it possible? Is it something that could happen? Is it something that could catch on? Yes, yes, and yes. Um, is it being talked about more now than it has in the past? Sure I is. believe it is. Uh, you've got like CalExit, the idea of California exiting the United States. That's a big topic out there. Um, cool. it, you know, anything that that anytime you can get people talking about an idea, the closer you get to it becoming real. Uh, you you can talk things into reality. I mean, everything. Well, everything. You, that, no, you, you can't talk things into reality unless what you're talking about is a conversation. No, those you conversations have to, actually... have to happen. Those conversations have to happen in order for people to come to the belief that this can happen. I believe that it can happen in my lifetime. I oh, want goodness. to see it happen in my lifetime, and I'm willing to work towards that as a goal. I won't be disappointed if it doesn't, because I understand that politics is super slow, and you know, it's just. Things take forever in the political scheme of things. I mean, but look how long it's taken. Faster now. Look how long it's taken to get one state to legalize marijuana. I mean, they thought that was going to happen back right, in the seventies. You're not just talking about it. You're actually doing things. Whereas there's a lot of people who sit or sitting around and literally just talking about it. Right. People in Texas sitting around, you know, with a beer and being like, it'd be really cool if somebody now, else killed the feds. And people in California sitting around with like a sign they no. wrote being like, it'd be really cool they, no. if somebody You're not being legislated. Fair. They're not just sitting around in either of those two states. A lot of people are. It, sure, but most people sit around. Look at libertarians. They sit on Facebook and complain all day. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, in uh, in California, the collected people are actually out collecting petition signatures in Texas, the the secessionists there are actually out setting up uh, like hotel meetings where they're drawing people together to actually discuss these things. So they're they're actually taking steps in both of those places. Um, they're probably the two most healthy secession movements in the United well, States right now. Well, collects it seemed to me like more of anger over Donald Trump than anything else. No, because no, that's false. I mean, it I, uh, it may have become bigger after Donald Trump was uh, elected. That you know, it got it got a splash in the press as a result of that. But Colexit existed before the Donald Trump campaign. They've been yes, California existed during the Obama administration. Well, of course it existed, but it seemed like it got more. Of course you know, it did. Of course it larger did. of a movement. Right. In the same because way that the majority of people in any movement are sitting around hoping it happens as opposed to doing actually doing something about right. it. And there is the kind of education phase in pretty much any movement I'm aware of. But then once you get past that, you have to be willing to actually accomplish the goals right. that you're educating people about. You can't just have, oh, we have a Facebook page. Like, and that's okay, the cool. truth for the libertarian movement as well. Right, I, I, we, we've got a, a guy uh, visiting here from, uh, he's kind of a traveler, but ultimately from Oregon. And you know, I've been talking with him about, ultimately, the how difficult it is to convince libertarians, hey – Maybe you should move to where all the other libertarians are, like the the and super that's like majority. Something you get out, get something out of. It's not like all costs. Whereas, well, like 
fighting a civil war is pretty yeah. much all cost until after you win. But people don't want to do it. They don't want to pick up their lives. They don't want to take any real effort to uh, to make a change. They just want to complain about things. And so that's why it's been it's why it's taken a decade plus to convince thousands of people to move just to this one place where there are already thousands of libertarians here. Uh, if you have more libertarian, it sounds like you're trying to get some comments in. Stand by. We'll, we'll bring you back. Uh, but, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult because people, they love talking, but the whole doing thing, well, that's another story. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is the most unique online destination in the Bitcoin universe. Buying Bitcoin? Do it here. Want to speak your mind to other Bitcoin users? Our forum is always open and censorship free at forum.bitcoin.com. There's no bigger Bitcoin believers than the Bitcoin.com team. That's why this site is a one-stop shop for everything you need to get into Bitcoin life. You can also play games at games.bitcoin.com. Learn more at bitcoin.com. That's bitcoin.com. It's Free Talk Live, dial toll-free here at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733, and we've got Skype. You can Skype into the show at username lrn.fm. And, of course, you can take control and you can bring up whatever you want. Uh, we've been talking a lot about this story about a baby in the U.K. who has been basically sentenced to death uh, because the government is not interested in performing the health care that it would need to continue living. Even though they claim they're going to give you free health care, well, that's only if they decide to give it to you. And, uh, of course, the more socialized the country, the more likely they're going to make decisions like this at some sort of bureaucratic level, some board of bureaucrats deciding whether or not you get to live or die or your loved one gets to live or die. And we'd love to have someone call in to defend the socialist healthcare system in this case, choosing to end the life of an eight-month-old uh, eight child. Maybe you can explain to us how that makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, you're welcome to dial in toll-free, although we don't expect to hear from you. Our number is 855-450-FREE. With you tonight, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. And then we got uh, Liberty Lover on the line here calling from Ohio. He was asking about secession, and is it possible that uh, we will see it? Is it likely that we'll see it happen in our lifetime? I mean, as I said... I'm realistic. Politics sucks, and it's incredibly slow to change, so I don't expect it to happen in my lifetime, but that doesn't mean it's impossible, and I think that it becomes uh, – I think that it's it's in a position where it's more possible now than it's ever been. Remember, there was the poll done uh, two or three years ago now where they questioned people all across the United States – about whether they would support their state seceding. Because remember, there's a difference between asking somebody if they support some other state seceding. Like a lot of people were like, yeah, get rid of California, right? But uh, the question was, would you support... I support California seceding. Right. (laughs) Would you support your state today seceding from the United States? And about one out of four Americans said yes. So the fact that one out of four Americans are already in favor of secession of their own state, to me, that's a good starting position to begin having these conversations. And that's why I was saying you can talk something into reality because we have to talk people, uh, you know, overcome to, to people and overcome their objections. The number one objection being what Liberty Lover already brought up, which is when you mention secession, the number one objection is, well, that was already decided with the Civil War. We don't want to get invaded. 
And so the fear of the federal government crushing the secession uh, movement is the uh, the main objection. And so I don't know where we left off in the last segment, but there's some stuff to talk so about. So some of the major I, secession movements movements are Texas, California, um, Vermont. Hawaii. Um, well, yeah, they, just because they've had it for a while doesn't mean that it's it's going anywhere. They had a uh, they ran uh, some candidates. Lieutenant governor candidate who got five percent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, f- first of all, you were talking about that baby in the UK. If the millionaires and billionaires just paid more in taxes, it would work. Um, no, Bernie no, Sanders it wouldn't. There. <laughs> right. Just Bernie Sanders. Because they would still there. decide that they the money wasn't worth spending. They but, have but, the but, 1.5 million. Right. The the problem with socialized medicine, and I've been saying it all along, is, is it kills innovation. Socialism, and babies. Socialism kills innovation, and in this case, babies. So um, you know, there's going to be – you're going to find less innovation in medicine. Yeah. Look, I understand why people want things like – Broken bones and uh, maternity uh, coverage and all that stuff. I get it. They're they're afraid of their old age because they can't save and you know all these other things. I get it. I understand. But there's a problem with uh, socialized medicine, and that problem is clear. It has to do with the incentives that are put in place by a single payer, and those incentives don't uh, you know don't work towards innovation. Well, but, but I was going to get back on the topic that uh, so Ian had said something that I slightly disagree with that oh the libertarians should just move where all the other libertarians are uh, that's that's not really the goal in my mind the goal in my Who's mind goal? is to get you said that most of the libertarians should just move where the other yeah. libertarians are. is the goal I, I to achieve liberty the goal is to get more people on board with your message. If you have to do it the hard way, you do it the hard way. You well, would still have a finite amount of libertarians going to this one okay, place. Okay, well, we don't. Okay, no, great. you don't understand. Okay, so if you have concentration, you have an influence in society that doesn't exist anywhere else. If you have concentration, you have libertarians in the media, you have libertarians in the streets, you have libertarians in the churches, you have libertarians in businesses all over the place, then liberty becomes more normalized. Libertarianism becomes a real competitor. That's what popularizes ideas, is a groundswell of support. If you're the libertarian out there yelling, yelling in the wilderness and you know, wherever the hell it is that and you live... And probably getting arrested because you're the only one there you'll have no effect so you know the question is you can do it the hard way like you said you can keep slamming your head up against a brick wall over and over again but that's not going to spread liberty one of the things you'll probably hear from uh, people especially um, older folks is they'll say look you know this libertarianism stuff sounds great but when has it ever worked well i don't know it turns out that uh, you know statists want to keep the power they have over us. So I don't know how we would ever show that it would work without concentration. What do you think, Liberty Liver? What do I think? I think that yeah, okay. You have your libertarians in your one little concentrated area. You have your liberals in California and New York and places like that. You think you're they don't? Beat them? They they don't well. I'm gonna say that those liberals don't mean anything to people in like Kentucky or Tennessee or Georgia or any of the red states. Who cares? The i the idea. Who cares? The idea is to get liberty everywhere. Well, right, but we don't have. But you don't have it anywhere. Pe- we don't have the numbers to do that at this point. So you do what you have the numbers to do. There's lots of you, things that I would like to see happen. We don't have the people for well, it. If you could have a libertarian paradise in the next fifty years. Would that be somewhere worth moving to and therefore showing the rest of the world, hey, libertarianism works, look at all the success stories that we've had? Or is it more important to just toil away in isolation? 
Well, an- another issue is libertarians are just lazy. No, the ones you know. I might don't know be. what you're talking about. Um, I'm a libertarian, and thank you very much, sir. I shall not be called lazy I'll by you. I'll be getting up at seven uh, tomorrow morning, right. six forty-five in the morning tomorrow, to drive to Concord, New Hampshire, with Daryl. We'll probably pick up a couple other libertarians on the way. We're going to go and testify. I'll be recording video. I'll take that video back. I'll put that video online, right. along with the other video that I recorded of Dick Marple's trial. This is just within the last couple of weeks, plus the four twenty video that I did, plus the uh, the Chris Wade getting arrested last week. Right. I've I've got a a load of work that I don't have enough time to uh, to take care of. You stepped in it right on this one, uh, Liberty Lover. I'll give you that libertarians in other states are lazy because they didn't. Those libertarians didn't have what it took to pick up and move their lives. They had excuses. The That's ones, what they had. The ones that did, they're, they're they've got a they've got investment in succeeding, succeeding, succeeding. Excuse me. Maybe both. Maybe both. <laughs> um, in, I, and I, I can agree. Yeah, I mean, because it's getting done count- here in New Hampshire. Uh, well, in, we've got I, libertarians. I love to give who, these examples. Yeah. Ian just said that he and a group of libertarians are going to videotape the uh, testimony at the state capitol and testify every week. Tell me where that happened. In any other state. I mean, we have a much more organized uh, libertarian effort here. We have successes here in New Hampshire, and it's because people have moved. Libertarians this, getting elected. Right. It's all of it's all the brain drain. It's because the libertarians that we pulled from Ohio were the best ones. Right. Yeah. We, we got your best, most active libertarians from Ohio. Actually, Ohio. We're still trying to get Virgil to move. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Ohio is quite my, good, frankly. But My, my county... Uh, Develop, uh, he works for the uh, state party. He's the uh, libertarian development officer in my county. He is extremely lazy because there are libertarians in my county and in my city, but none of them ever get together because there's just no organization there. Okay, well, I can tell you right now, Liberty Lover, I can't wait until you move because you will. You'll work within that system. For as long as you can work within I that system, I plan on it. If I lose, until your uh, <laughs> when you lose, until the yoke of we'll uh, failure that. just gets so heavy that you'll in fact pick up and move. And I, if for, you're a doer and not a talker, it yeah, sounds like you're a doer. I'm delighted the idea of having people that are going to work within the political process here um, in in the state of New Hampshire. There's a lot to success. be done here. Yeah, for sure. Um, Frankly, what I would say is when you're ready to do the move, get in contact with some people, and that way you can get some advice on the best way to do it. One of the best ways to do that is to go to the Shire Society Forum, which are actually become like a nice little place for some folks. Thanks for the call tonight, uh, Liberty Lover. Go to forum.shiresociety.com. We're actually expanding it uh, to include some free talk live to a, a free talk live sub forum there now. So we're kind of bringing back a free talk live forum. Haven't announced that yet on the air uh, until just now. So uh, more coming up here. It's free talk live. It's Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and you can bring up anything that you want. Take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. All right. So uh, we were talking about secession and uh, lazy activists. Of course, you can join us here and you can bring up uh, anything you want to talk about. Some people who are definitely not lazy are the folks in Venezuela. They've been out in the streets. They're hungry. They are not happy with the government. and They're uh, willing to do something about it. We can talk more about that. But since uh, Liberty Lover brought up secession, we haven't talked about the Collexit in a little while. And it looks like there's been an interesting development 
that has happened in recent weeks. California find a, found a giant new water source? No. What happened was the president of the Yes California campaign has moved to Russia. <laughs> and <laughs> apparently... <laughs> Only in California. The story here from LifeZet.com's Brendan Kirby, the quixotic effort by some Californians to break away from the union and form a progressive paradise, suffered a major blow last week when the leader of the project announced that he was moving permanently to Russia. Louis Marinelli, president of the Yes California Independence Campaign, wrote that he would withdraw a petition that had been circulating to put the issue on the ballot in California in 2018. Still, others are picking up the effort to gather the required 585,407 signatures by July. So it's not over, but the main guy is failing out. I mean, we get told to move to Somalia. Is that where socialists get told to move to? Move to Russia. That's a good question. I bet it is. If, uh, Cali- North Korea, I imagine, is uh, pretty common, too. I've got a North Korea story, too. Uh, if California ever did manage to engineer the so-called Calexit, and it would require a lot more than a yes vote on a referendum, the result would be a huge boon to the Republican Party, says the author here, in the rest of the United States. According to an analysis by LifeZet, a California free America would have resulted in a bigger victory for Donald Trump and padded the GOP's majorities in both houses. How would it have resulted in a bigger victory for him? I think by popular vote. Because, well, he lost the well, popular vote. Because they're not looking at it properly, you either win or lose a presidential election. You right. can't. You don't win harder. If you win by one electoral vote, you win. <laughs> Anything else is you lose. Uh, it says here that essentially almost dictates the rest of the country would be more Republican, said a political science professor, Eric Ostermeyer, at the University of Minnesota. For starters, or they would follow California out. Um, I mean, how would Seattle and Washington react in that circumstance? See, this is why I think counties... Seattle and Washington? You mean Washington and Oregon? Yeah, Washington and Oregon. Excuse me. Um, This is why I think counties should be the ones that uh, really decide whether they want to stay or go or whatever, because they're just smaller areas. Mm -hmm. They don't have the um, political clout that states do, though. Well, no, but it's, I mean, it would be good for both California and for the rest of us. It would make the rest of us have less liberal overlords. It would make California have more of their own money because California is a tax donor or a donor state, I guess. Meaning they they spend, send more to the federal government than they receive. Yes. So it it would be good for everybody. And then you have the argument when you tell some people, hey, California wants to succeed. And they're like, oh, let them kick them out. Like, so, I, you know, there's some value to that. Now, my question to California would be, how exactly are you going to secede without any guns? I don't know. They, they all want to have this revolution, which oh, I'm, I don't think you for can... the most part for. But how you do, do you that think the federal? Guns, I don't know. But do you think the federal government's going to invade? Because that's why you would need the well, guns, right? I mean, that's right? how you secede. No. I mean, you, you don't just be like, hey, feds, I'm not paying you anymore. Peace. You could. I mean, if the if California said goodbye and the, the Fed EU, said okay. I mean, they've already invaded California. California said we have medical marijuana. The Fed said no, you don't, and came and raided the dispensaries. They've oh, it's it's already happened. If they said, by the way, we're not paying taxes either, they'd send in more men with guns. They've already sent ten men with guns. Well, they already threatened California over the uh, sanctuary city thing. So California's uh, cities have been saying, we're not going to jump through your federal immigration hoops. And, you know, Trump had stomped around saying, well, we're not going to send you any money. And so they didn't invade them over that. Well, right, but that was people talking. This is a thing that actually happened. The federal government sent in armed DEA agents to raid 
Yeah. California sanctioned businesses. But there are only a few DEA agents. In most they cases, could... they operated with with the California uh, police, too. Right. Um, California so... sheriffs were continuing those raids for a while after 1996 and the Proposition 215 passed. And keep in mind, there are only so many DEA agents they could send in. That's It's different to target an occasional pot shop versus the entire state, this right, massive place. Right, but that place. wasn't about you know, the, the 10 pounds of weed or whatever it was they got. That was about... Uh, y'all are forgetting that we can tell you what to do. No so doubt. How about do it? But if you have an entire state of people who's saying we don't want you to tell us what to do anymore, that's a whole different animal right, to try to control. Right, but the also have bombs and drones. So and you are someone pilots. who believes that they're going to drop bombs on one of their own states. You believe they're yeah, going to they, drop they, bombs? I mean, just like the UK, they will kill you before they let you leave. The UK just seceded from the EU without a single drop of blood. Being right. Shed. This is a new world. Right, but the EU is not a the EU is not a government. The same. It's not, no, this it's not because a, it doesn't have a military. It doesn't have a police force. It's not really a government. This hold on. This is th- yes, it is a government. Yeah. It's uh, stationed in Brussels. Um, okay, so this is in the 1860s when it's you sir have besmirched my honor. We will be taking our states and going right like this. That's not going on anymore. There's going to be cameras. All over the place, watching people die. When- right, and on YouTube, they're going to be like, look at these government agents killing these people. And on CNN, they're going to be like, look at these government agents bravely putting down this terrorist organization. Nah, they do it. have they have uh, NATO in the EU. According to Wikipedia, that essentially functions as their military. So if the EU decided right, we want to put don't. if they decided we want to put down this uh, secession by the UK, they could have mobilized troops and they didn't. But do they have their own troops or do they have troops they pull other there's no from the there's, other they countries. They don't even have land. <laughs> like they can't enforce They have 22 anything. nations. They have Europe. Yeah, it's they that, have, the EU. But Europe, Europe is still the Washington. United countries. States doesn't have land either. Well, it does because the okay, states Washington D.C. The states were supposed no, the, to be the, nations, they're just they're like supposed to be, but they haven't been since the. You're talking. You're you're quibbling over minor political differences here. Well, if no, the EU the wanted to roll troops are into subsidiaries, the, whereas Germany is its own country. Well. <laughs> Yeah, but the, I mean, Rhode in, Island does not have a military. It doesn't that matter. Can take on the the EU still regulates these other places. The EU regulates the rest of the EU. Okay. And if they want to move in the EU's military, they can do that. Which people in the military, the, which soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines are going to be willing to shoot Californians over not that wanting? That is not what they're going to tell them. Some will. Some will do that. All, yeah, some what are they going to tell them? They're going to tell them whatever they think they have to tell. What? in the history of the planet has been honest with its <laughs> troops about why they were sending them to kill people. All right, hold hold on, guys. We're going to continue this. We actually have someone in California uh, on the line here uh, listening in uh, Eureka to KGOE. Hey, Jake. Jake. Talk about CalExit. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, the CalExit movement came to a crashing end about 10 days ago. They withdrew the ballot measure that they wanted to put on the ballot next November. Uh, they got 400,000 signatures, which sounds like a lot, but not in California. That's only about 1% of California's population. Uh, they just didn't have enough support. And it turns out one of the leaders of the CalEx movement, Louis Marinelli, announced uh, that he's going to move to Russia. Right. Yeah, so, we were yeah. just getting into that story. But according to – now, this is a post from today. 
Uh, this was updated today over at LifeZet.com. He's saying that other, others are continuing the effort uh, to get the signatures. And if they're already at 400,000, then I would say they can realistically hit 585,000 by July. Right, but they're, they're not going to get enough support to pass that in California. It's, it's a doomed... Uh, you you mean, you mean they, yeah. if they get the, the ballot measure on the ballot, you don't believe that it will get enough support? No, no. It, it doesn't have enough support with the public. Now, how do you know that? Is that just uh, is, have there been polls that have been done? Well, yeah, there have been, been polls that show it's got got about a third uh, of the support. Two thirds of Californians say they would vote against it. You know, things can change, right? Like when, uh, like if they put brought in troops, and they certainly would change. No, but, no, I mean people's opinions, meaning that uh, you know when the when the whole not going to happen, dude. Look, there's no water. People changed their opinions when they uh, find out that their water bill is going to double. They're going to be all like, "Oh no, I don't want to leave anymore." I'm sorry, okay. but if I California take away all your fe- is, if I give you back half your income because you're not paying federal taxes you think anymore, California isn't going to take that <laughs> income and apply it. For God's sakes, they think that. They understand the federal government takes a certain amount of people's income, and they're going to take that and more. Look, all I was saying was that in the Scottish uh, potential exit from the UK, which didn't succeed, there was a lot of back and forth where the polls were changing over time, where people were arguing and making points and trying to answer objections. Getting it on the ballot is the starting point to have this discussion. If you want, I want to hear your reasons, uh, Jake. Can you hang on? I don't know if he's even still there, but his line's still there, so maybe Jake's going to hang. We'll, uh, we'll see. We're coming up here in Hour 3. This is Free Talk Live. There are lots of ways to listen to Free Talk Live. Our podcast has been around since podcasts began, and now the FTL feed is loaded with content besides our full show archives. Did you know that we make it easy for you to customize your podcast subscriptions? We have different feeds, one that includes only our full shows, one with just the Daily Digest, and one with just the Edgington Post. You decide what you listen to. It's quick and easy to customize your feeds at feeds.freetalklive.com. That's feeds.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. We've got plenty of time for you. If you want to join us here, you can do that. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype, and the Skype username there is lrn.fm. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. We ended up getting on to the uh, secession topic. We had a guy from California call in. Unfortunately, he hung up, so we weren't able to get more out of him, because I was curious to know why he opposed secession, because it sounded like he opposed it. Uh, the Calexit movement, of course, uh, working to get hundreds, hundreds of thousands of signatures to get on the ballot with a question about should California uh, take another vote or something about authorizing secession. I'm, I don't remember exactly what the ballot language, but it would it would be like one vote that would lead to another vote. So the first vote wouldn't be a vote to secede. It would be a vote on should we vote on secession or something like that. Anyway, the update on that story. I found a better version uh, of the story because the other one I had was like about how the Republicans would benefit. This one uh, it talks about the leader of the Calexit movement, Louis J. Marinelli, who is now leaving California. Actually, apparently he already lives in Russia, according to Sacramento Bee. 
In an email blast to supporters a couple of weeks ago, this story from the 17th of April, Marinelli called public support for CalExit encouraging but not enough to make it a reality. He added that he intends to seek permanent residence in Russia. Quote, for me today, my ballot initiative petition drive came to an end. Uh, He repeated a quote from Ted Kennedy during a speech at the 1980 Democratic National Convention saying, quote, the work goes on, the cause endures, the hope still lives and our dream shall never die. Unquote. But Except I'm moving to Russia. He's leaving. <laughs> uh, another leader of the effort... See, Ted Kennedy didn't leave the country when right. he gave that speech. <laughs> uh, Marcus Ruiz Evans, who resigned as vice president of Yes California this week, says Marinelli's Russia ties have become a distraction and undermined their fundraising efforts. At least nine donors backed out, citing fears of being connected to Putin, said Ruiz Evans, emphasizing he didn't see anything nefarious or illegal going on between his colleague and Russia. He said people got scared, they got spooked by what they saw in the news and pulled out he said absent of claims that something evil was going on backed by russia we would have had the money guaranteed he will uh remain as or Marinelli will remain as president of yes california but ruiz evans will join an existing group the california freedom coalition ruiz evans says the coalition hopes to file a new california nationhood proposal by may 1st which i guess would mean they'd have to collect new signatures the cal exit effort uh, let's see here. Monday's announcement came near the halfway point of the Colexit proposal signature gathering effort. Officials cleared proponents to begin collecting signatures in late January, and they had until July 25th to get to 585,000 plus signatures for the November of 2018 ballot. Yet two campaign committees associated with the effort had reported raising no money through Sunday, and it's unclear how many signatures, if any, the backers had created. Yeah, see, if you're afraid of being associated with someone who's associated with the country that someone who is looked badly upon is, then you're not going to fight a secession. And you, the, the White House, by the way, has responded to, and I, I say the White House because I don't know which individual it was, it was whoever was responding to those petitions, they had a secession petition on there, and they responded and said, this has been settled already in the Civil War. That's right. That was, not, ob- that was the Obama been, administration. Right, but not this has been settled in this court case, not this has been right. settled in section whatever of the Constitution. No doubt. This has been settled in the Civil War. That's what they said. But that's, that's a threat. Not, no doubt. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, it's so a the, warning. So if they've already said but you've gotta call the to bluff. you, you've got to call the bluff. Because I agree with Mark. I don't think they're going to. It would look so bad for them to invade one of their their own states. Let's go to somebody who knows a thing or two about uh, declaring independence. He's the founder of NH Exit. Dave Ridley is with us here. At least I presume it's Dave Ridley. He's Dave in New Hampshire, and we don't get any other Daves calling from New Hampshire. So, uh, hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Well, uh, actually, I had something else to update you about. I can talk about independence if you like. Yes, I mean, you can update us on the other thing here in a moment. Let's uh, let's talk about independence. What do you think of Melanie's uh, fear-mongering here that oh, the federal okay, no, government... it's not fear-mongering. It's it absolutely is. It's be prepared is. for what you're going to do. Plan it and be prepared. Concern. Not, don't do it. This is a... You know, a challenge you're, you're going saying to prepare face, for prepare war. For it. You're saying prepare for war. I say highly unlikely. Well, Dave when the Ridley, United States federal government came out and said, if you do this, I'm going to go to war against you, maybe it's a good idea to prepare <laughs> for war if you plan on doing that. Dave, what do you think about that? I mean, because it is the most common objection, I would say, to secession, and that is that the federal government will roll in tanks or troops or whatever. Um, I don't know. Gandhi didn't do. I mean, I guess in a sense he prepared for war, in the sense that he was preparing for a Japanese invasion. 
in India, but he was preparing to use civil disobedience against the Japanese. Right? It, was, it was like never even crossed his mind to use uh, to, to shoot either Germans or uh, Japanese. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I I think we're closer to Gandhi's movement than we are to, to Jefferson Davis's movement. So we would want to follow Gandhi's methods closer. I think weaponry is um, useful for uh, you know. Uh, preventing crime and, and uh, foreign invasions, but I don't think it, it would be Well, wait, so what, to, I mean, so that kind of sounds like a badges grant extra rights argument to me. What is the difference between a criminal, a domestic gang member, and a foreign gang member pointing the same gun at you? It's the aura of legitimacy that locals have. Uh, no one really hates the local government the way they hate a foreign right, government. Right, but if you're if you're to the point where you're seceding, how much legitimacy do the feds have in the state seceding? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know exactly how things would play out. I mean, Estonia, you know, they had some preparation that they had made, but they didn't shoot any Russians that I know of after after the seven after the nineteen seventies. The, the latter part of their independence effort was entirely peaceable. The Slovenes had some shooting with the Serbians, but not much. Uh, we're we're a lot like Slovenia, and we're a lot like Estonia. It's hard to know which would play, which way it would play out. But yeah, the, the the more you shoot someone, the more you look like a, look like the bad guy. And the the trick these days in info wars is to look like the good guy and be the good guy. Right. So you do that by doing kind of the educational phase first. I don't think it's time to go shoot in the feds, but once you you know educate people in anarchy voluntarism whatever you want to call it i don't really care that much what word you use you know you you know tell them why you're right i mean you don't just get shot by a dea agent or a fbi agent or whatever just because so that you have better video i mean and if somebody wants to do that i guess they can but you're not obligated to die for pr and that's kind of a ridiculous way to fight a war to me and if you're saying i'm taking on the feds that's kind of, I mean, that sounds a lot like a war, especially since the feds have said, if you leave, we're going to invade you. I think they well, thre- I, threatened You it. know, they sort of said it sort of didn't. Martin Luther King didn't have, you know, he didn't have to. They, no, because he had Malcolm X doing it for powerful him. Because, the civil rights movement is powerful because their people were killed. They're not powerful because Malcolm X talked about killing people or because some, no, but, but they were willing to negotiate with King face. because they had Malcolm, you know, also looking at him. Now, that's that's a factor. I've heard that. Reason Magazine, I guess, or maybe it was the Cato Institute, one of those two organizations, has made that argument that the violent resistance against uh, um, racist oppression in the South was, was part of the process of liberating black folks from that. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm going to focus on what I do. <laughs> if, if somebody else wants to start a militia, they're going to start it, but I'm not going to join it. How many I'm with you on that, Dave. Americans, and I'm not, Peace about is the Cal- solution. I'm not talking about Californians, how many Americans would pick up arms against their government if the United States government went after California and Californians for wanting to secede? Not many. You don't think so? No. I don't think California I mean, is no, well When I say liked. went after, I mean using guns, uh, using tanks and drones and the whole deal. I can't imagine many Americans would do that. Man. I mean, I look at them lining up around the block in uh, in Connecticut after the gun you know, the gun registration law passed down there a couple yeah, years but that ago. Shows, that, that, is, <laughs> that shows why you don't give up your guns because they will come after you. 
Yeah, but they did. They went over and they gave up all their information about the guns that they Plenty had. Plenty of them did. A bunch of them, I'm sure, didn't and didn't show up and didn't let the government know. But, you know, how many of them are going to go and strike the U.S. government military posts because they're attacking California? I don't know. Dave Ridley, hang on. I know you called for a different reason, so we're going to bring you back. Uh, but he's the, one of the guys behind NHExit.com. And uh, I, you know, I'm with his philosophy on this, and I like uh, like what he's doing. We're going to continue here, and I'll give you a little bit more on what's happening in California as the Calexit movement has sort of fallen apart. Maybe they can put it back together again. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll free up anything you want, whether it's secession or the latest from Venezuela, which we still haven't had a chance to talk about. Uh, you, know, you can bring up anything you want here and take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live brought to you by Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You know, we like to talk about saveitpurse.com uh, here on Free Talk Live. Great way for you to save big time on your purchases at Amazon. But did you know that Purse, saveitpurse.com, also has purse merchants, which means that you don't just have to buy through Amazon, uh, but you don't get the same like select your savings thing with purse merchants. They expanded their site last year to allow anyone who wants to sell stuff to sell things through saveitpurse.com. And so I'm experimenting with that now. I've got uh, my first item up over on my purse account and it is Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, the Director's Cut DVD, which is now technically out of print. Uh, sadly, it, you know, we're the libertarian movement, right? We don't really have a whole lot of economic weight. Uh, <laughs> you know, not a lot of people are libertarians. So guess what? Not a whole lot of people bought the Derek J's Victimless Although Crime Spree. this is a good video to show someone who, and depending on the person, if you know them, you can kind of fill out whether or not you tell them this ahead of time. Mm-hmm. To kind of show to somebody who's not like hardcore, full-on statist, but to somebody who you wouldn't necessarily consider easily convertible, mm. just to kind of show them. And maybe you won't make them a full anarchist. Maybe you'll get them from, you know, an authoritarian to a minarchist or something in between that. I don't know. But I've heard good things from statists about this movie, really? about how the government was doing horrible things. Now, I'm sure they In still, the movie. Right. Yeah. I'm sure they still think that the government also does good things. But if you use it right, I think that it is a good tool to people who aren't really, you know, inside the movement, which is kind of the point, right? I think it'd be interesting to show and just to see what reactions are, you know, just to to gauge how people respond to it. Because Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree is a very libertarian movie, right? Like, it's a very voluntarist... I think that it's subtle enough to not be like in your face about it. I don't know. It's pretty in your face. I mean, he opens with a monologue basically advocating for the abolishment of uh, the state. So I don't know. (laughs) I think. Um, But either way, it's a great movie and it's a a wonderful documentary that I had the pleasure of being the executive producer for, uh, which means that I've done, you know, kind of all the footwork behind the scenes of, uh, you know, getting the DVD deal set up. And it's a big thanks actually to Michael Dean from the Freedom Fiends for getting me the connection with the distributor that we had in the first place to even make it possible to have the uh, the DVD. So we did all that back in 2013. And recently the DVD distributor said that uh, it just wasn't worth, you know, it wasn't selling enough copies to make it worth 
putting on the shelf, basically. Uh, so they said, well, we can either send you the remaining copies or destroy them. So, of course, I said, go ahead, send, send them. Here. Uh, and I already had about 90 of them here because I had ordered 100 a while back. And, you know, I'll, I'll take them to, like, events. Uh, like the when we used to go to the Liberty Forum, Mark, and, uh, and, and uh, Porkfest, for instance. And I'd sell them in real life for Bitcoin or for uh, for cash. And so now we've got them, and uh, so I've put them up on Purse. You can go to saveitpurse.com. And just so normally what we talk about is how you can save on Amazon. But again, this, these are the Purse merchants. So now I am a Purse merchant. Hey, uh, you can search for Victimless Crime Spree in there. I'm selling them for $9 worth of Bitcoin plus a couple bucks uh, shipping. And it is a great DVD. It's the director's cut version of the movie, which you can see online for free. But there's some things on the DVD that you don't get online. You don't get the hours and hours of bonus footage all in one place, including the stuff that was banned from YouTube. Uh, that's on the DVD. You don't get. You have to pop the DVD in your DVD ROM drive, so you have to put it in your computer to access those videos. You don't get the commentary tracks, which are fantastic. You get Derek J alone and a different commentary track with Derek J, the editor of the movie, Bo Davis and me sitting and watching the film. So those are some DVD only uh, features that you can get. So what you can do to find this directly is go to bitcoin.victimlesscrimespree.com. That'll take you straight to the page over at saveitpurse.com where you can order that. And uh, I don't know what it's like when someone orders something, so maybe someone will try it out and I'll get to see how that uh, that process goes. But uh, very cool. I'm uh, excited that we have it available again. And uh, we, I, we're working on getting it on eBay for those of you who don't have Bitcoin because you, you have to pay with Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency at saveitpurse.com. So this is actually the first time Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree has been for sale for Bitcoin online. I've taken okay. Bitcoin for it in person before, yeah. but it's never been for sale for Bitcoin online. So that's a first, and we're working on getting it on eBay so those of you with PayPal and credit cards, you'll be able to buy it again. Sure. So that's the latest. Just go to bitcoin.victimlesscrimespree.com, and uh, I put Victimless Crime Spree on a, a brand new web uh, design over the weekend, stayed up late over the weekend to do that. So the website, I think, looks better than ever. So check that out at victimlesscrimespree.com as we go back to Dave Ridley in New Hampshire. Uh, Dave, what were you calling about tonight? Because I sidetracked you by talking to you about secession. So go ahead. Well, I've been on sort of a uh, a micro tour of uh, some of the New Hampshire jails and prisons. I, I don't go in them. I just stand off the property and uh, wave a sign that says, let my people go. Okay. And I did this at the Goffstown prison a couple weeks ago. It, it, it's near Manchester. And, uh, you know, as usual, I'm off, you know, the property. I've got a Gadsden flag. I've got the sign. And uh, initially, I was I started out sort of behind the jail. There's a, a former, I guess, a former railroad track. It's now sort of a rails to trails where everybody jogs. So I was just standing there, uh, and uh, no one saw me at first. But it, it, eventually, um, uh, some people came outside just to you know, they had a rec- recreation area, and they let some of the prisoners outside. And I walked back in that direction until they could see me, and they started cheering. And immediately, the guards are on them, uh, bringing them inside. And this part, this is all I've run the video of all this so far, but the part that you don't know, but the part that I hadn't uh, gotten around to telling the public yet, is that um, they called the police uh, because I was standing on this trail, and 
the police came with sirens. Wow. <laughs> this is the first time they've ever done that to me. <laughs> no, no policeman has ever respond, responded to Ridley with sirens on. And uh, then, uh, the, after you know investigating me for a while, they issued me a uh, no trespass order for the jail, even though I had ne- I've never actually been wow. on the jail property, prison, the prison property. They don't want your kind around here. Did with they your tell you to leave, or did they just issued a no trespassing? Well, they said that I was. They, they said that I was on their property while I was on the trail. Uh, I guess that's. Oh, I'm not, I can't remember if they said that while I was on the trail, but they they claimed the police after they arrived, Goffstown police. They claimed that they observed me on state property, but when the police arrived and observed me, they were observing me on the right of way of Highway 114. Mass Road. I was just on the road right of way, right? And that was all, that was the closest the police ever observed me being to the, to the prison. So, so they banned you from the rail trail and the prison property? It's hard to say. They just said the, the prison property, but I wasn't ever on the prison property to my knowledge. They didn't define, I didn't, I should have asked, mm-hmm. they didn't define where the property was well folks want to check it out uh ridleyreport.com you upload all your videos there and i'm sure you're going to be doing that and uh, and also uh, dave if you're going to come out to uh, keen to do that at the jail here let us know so we can get you some backup out there uh, that we don't have to be alone hey uh, thanks for the call dave ridley from ridleyreport.com there's more coming up here and you can join us on free talk live a funny thing happens when you don't advertise Nothing. Modern advertisers have been trained to look for trackability in their advertising, and web search ads are great for that. They also help you get the consumer that's looking for products like yours in the moment. But they're expensive, and they do nothing to convince people to try your product segment in the first place. They help you get a bigger piece of the pie. But branding mediums like radio grow the pie itself. Free Talk Live's on more than 150 stations, and we can help advertisers with little budgets and big ones. Send me an email, mark at freetalklive.com. It's mark at freetalklive.com. Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Bring up your thoughts on whether it's secession or socialized health care, which is what we were talking about earlier in the program tonight. With you tonight, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. We have Skype. You can Skype in here at username lrn.fm. And uh, I mentioned briefly um, earlier in the show that we're trying a new experiment out for years on Free Talk Live, we had what we called the Free Talk Live BBS, which uh, was a forum, like a message board. It For a period of time, before the era of social... Free Talk Live's been around since 2002. So before the era of social networking or social networking sites, there were forums. And the Free Talk Live BBS had a real heyday where it was busy. Yeah. Like it was a busy forum. It was twice as many visits as the regular website. That's true. At one point. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, social media comes and basically eviscerated uh, forum usage and it, it kind of died off. And, you know, we kept it on life support for a while and just ended up saying, all right, screw it. You know, call it a day. We're shutting it down. So we shut down the BBS. It's still there, but you can't post on it anymore. So it's still there for kind of archival purposes. So anybody who wants to go and read those old threads, they're all still there. Um, why are you smiling like that? I'm just trying. You're remembering some of the old threads. It was so so awful. It was such a terrible place, full of trolls. It really was a troll zone. <laughs> was. Um, 
And uh, so you would have loved it, Melanie. Um, I would have loved it because of trolls. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was so. Well, I mean, I was still a statist in two thousand. Well, I was a minor in two thousand two, but in yeah. two thousand four, I was still a statist. So I probably wouldn't. Well, if you were there now, if it were still there, yeah. you would have liked it. Uh, but uh, so there's the Shire Society Forum, which we mentioned earlier, is a great destination for people that want to kind of connect with folks here in New Hampshire and kind of, you know, learn what it's like uh, here and get help and, and, and advice or suggestions on on how to move up here and, you know, what to do, etc. Um, and we've opened up the Shire Forum recently. It's been rebranded from the Shire Society Forum to the Shire Forums. And so now instead of just being for Shire Society members, which are basically pure voluntarists, people who signed the Shire Society Declaration at ShireSociety.com. We've opened it up to anybody who wants to come and discuss Bitcoin. So there's some Bitcoin forums there. Uh, and then also, I've just this weekend added some subforums, one for Free Talk Live and LRN.FM, and another for Daryl Perry's uh, FPP. And so we're going to experiment. Maybe, you know, maybe forums are completely dead. Maybe no one cares. But if you want to join the, uh, you know, if, if you want to talk about Free Talk Live on a forum, this is a way to do it now. So we kind of have that back again now. It's forum.freetalklive.com. We'll take you straight to that particular section of the site. You do need to register with the, the forum. And it's very nice modern software. So we didn't use that old forum software, which we could have, but we didn't. Uh, the the new, new stuff is very snappy, very modern feel, and it, it works really well. So I hope you like it. You're welcome to try it out, but you do have to register and you do have to post an introduction. So that way... That's a way to keep down the spammers, basically, if everybody has to post an introduction post yep. and like answer real questions about themselves, uh, then you know somebody who wants to sell Rolex watches or imitation Rolex watches is likely not going to get through that process yeah. successfully. So uh, so you jump through the hoops and you get in and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Or maybe nobody nobody cares. Uh, so forum.freetalklive.com. We'll find out. Uh, meanwhile, let's go to your calls and thoughts. We got Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Melanie, and Mark. Hello, Sarah in New Mexico. Going once. Sarah in New Mexico. Going twice. And maybe and there's maybe some there. sort of, yep, sounds like there was a, a call difficulty there. So we were talking about California's secession movement and what is happening to it because the main character who was driving this movement, and you know, whenever you have a movement that relies on the efforts of one man, then uh, if that man goes crazy... Then uh, or drops away for whatever reason, you've got a problem. And that's what happened with the leader of the Calexit movement. Louis J. Marinelli decided he was going to go ahead and move permanently to Russia and basically withdrew the petitions. They'd already gathered hundreds of thousands of petition signatures. So this dude totally... You know, ruined the very movement that, that he created. And I wonder what his payoff was. Good question. Good question. Maybe some. How maybe, much was the check? Yeah, that has been Lewis? going on lately. Payoffs? Yeah. What do you mean? Just, I, I don't know. It's... Are you speculating or do you know that somebody's been bought off or something? Well, I, I, I can't. Sounds like okay. you don't want to talk about it. So okay. I, I, I wonder how the payoffs. But you know something's been happening. I wonder how these payoffs work. Right? Like, do you get the check beforehand? Did he get, like, okay. You shut this down. Here's a check for, you know, I uh -huh. don't know. You speculate. $50,000? Something like that. Yeah. $50,000. Here's a check. Why don't you take this money and do something fun like move to Russia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, 
if you're, you're not if gay. You, if you want him to at least, if you want him to move to Russia, at least you'd. It seems we would have to give him at least some of the money up front so that they can afford to move to Russia. Right. I'm just wondering, <laughs> was it before or after he withdrew the petition? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Because I wouldn't give him the check until the petition was withdrawn, right? Mm-hmm. But um, maybe he gets a little up front and then more later after the petition's withdrawn. That's right. I mean, you know, that makes some sense. Maybe half and half. Right. Any FBI agents out there listening right now that want Free Talk Live stopped, I'll take my half right now. Uh, officials cleared proponents to begin collecting signatures. They had till July 25th to get 585,000 to qualify for the November of 2018 ballot. Uh, and now it's all been scuttled, but they're, it's not over. Uh, so people that think that this thing's over know there were a lot of supporters of Collexit. A lot of people, you got to get a lot of people on the ground uh, to collect hundreds of thousands of petition signatures. Yeah. And there is a new organization that is being formed or has been formed called the California Freedom Coalition. Now, quick Google for that did not result in any kind of notable website. So this thing must be brand new, so new to the point that they're still just talking about it. Uh, There are some people, there's a meetup.com group that has events scheduled for petition gathering, but they're saying that they're going to restart those meetups once the new petition is filed. So right now, they're still waiting on filing another petition, which they say that uh, they want, according to this here, they want to put a petition on the ballot to amend the state constitution. So they want to put the initiative on the 2018 ballot that would amend the state constitution to allow them to even consider independence and a statewide vote on it. So they've got a lot of hoops to jump through here before they can even really have uh, a crack at saying, yes, let's let's secede. So this is like the prior authorization of making the legal changes that would be necessary to even seriously consider secession, which is why I say these things are going to take a long time. Yeah. Well, right. And this process is useful. I mean, first of all, you're normalizing it and then you're kind of not necessarily seeing how far you can get because that would be going the whole way until someone stops you, but kind of, you know, pushing it a little bit. I mean, and then just getting people to make this a viable idea in a lot of people's mind. I mean, I don't think they're going to secede. I don't think anybody in the States is going to, but at least not in any foreseeable future. But I mean, this is still a useful process. Uh, according to the story here, there would have to, if this ballot qualified and, and passed in November 2018, there would have to have been statewide special election in March 2019, which would ask voters if they want California to become an independent country. Courts, though, could have deemed that to be unconstitutional. And in addition, the U.S. Constitution includes no mechanism for a state to secede from the U.S. So they would have, uh, they say, they would have needed an amendment to the U.S. Constitution requiring approval by two-thirds of Congress and three-quarters of states. But I have to wonder, what would happen if the state, you know, if they voted for this, if a you know, majority of Californians voted to secede from the United States and the California government sent a notice to the U.S. saying, hey, y'all don't have this in your constitution, but it doesn't say we can't secede, so see you later, we're done. Then it comes to the question of will they roll the troops in or not? That's, that's you know, why wait for the federal government to make a decision about this? Why even put any kind of onus of decision-making ability on them? Why not I just, wouldn't. Right, just say, we're done here. We're not going to send you any more tax dollars. That's, that's what status do, though, isn't it? I mean, you is know, beg they, for permission. Like, the, the California, yeah. this is a statist movement. They're just statisting. Right. Um, you know, there's out there, hey, uh, you know, we got to ask for permission. Uh, I mean, you know, 
<laughs> Sorry, if California was in charge of the American Revolution, there wouldn't have been one. Well, uh, still, nonetheless, I wish the best to the California Freedom Coalition. I think that's a better name than Yes California anyway, and hopefully they'll have some success. And like you said, get this conversation started. Get people talking about secession and help make it a real thing. There's more coming up here, and you can take control of the airwaves in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Moments remain here on the radio. You can dial in toll-free, and you can bring up anything that you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype, and the Skype username is LRN.FM. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. And, of course, you can bring up anything you want. Uh, we've got well, – I have had a bunch of the, uh, the news from – Venezuela, but I've got so much that there's no way we're going to be able to do it all in uh, in one segment. But I also have North Korean news, so maybe we can talk about that. First, though, Sarah, I believe, is on a better line in New Mexico. Are you with us, Sarah? Yeah, am I on? Yes, we have you now. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I, uh, my, my phone or my cell phone service or something, I don't know. Uh, blame but, uh, Obama. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I, it's, not, it's not Obama phone, but anyways... Um, you know, 30 million people in America are diabetic. Mm, and okay. when I just want to also mention that, you know, that diabetes turns uh, many of their toes, foot, and legs black, and uh, they have to amputate it. So, Yikes. You know, you know Darsha Kabor, they, they amputated one of her legs uh, like five years before she passed on. I didn't know and that, I'm, no. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, Wasn't she the one in Green did, Acres? It's the place to be. Yeah. Well, I don't know. She lived. Uh, she lived until ninety, but they had to amputate one of her legs, and obviously, she had wow. diabetes. Um, but I, you know, I just heard about it. But so, you know, the, there there is a reason why there's a big movement uh, to pass the sugar tax. You know I mean? Sure, I mean, sure. I mean, sugar good. isn't good for uh, for people. Should there be a tax on everything that could possibly harm you? You know what? Um, I wish it, you know, I mean, that would be the ideal world. But you know what? People only will do something, you know. Why not just go all the way? Why not go all the way and ban sugar? Ban all sugary drinks. Just make it so people can only drink, you know, like water, milk, uh, coffee without sugar, of course. But, uh, you know, things that don't have sugar added to them. how, How would you feel about that? Well, the thing about it is that I think a little bit of sugar in our diet is uh, tolerable. It's just the over- sure Yeah, but you can get that from food. Yeah, like, eat you, some fruit. Yeah. If you need some sugar, yeah. eat some fruit. Right, right. You know, grab an orange or an apple or something like that. So what do you think about, are you saying you don't support the banning of all sugary drinks? Because if you support taxing it to an extor- banning it a little. exorbitant extent uh, in the idea that it's going to discourage people from using it, why not just go all the way and, you know, total ban, pr- total prohibition? You know what? That sounds kind of it sounds kind of cool, but I don't know if it's possible. We're just we're they just did it during alcohol prohibition. Down. They banned alcohol. Well, they tried. Shh, don't get into yeah, that. Yeah, but what's wrong Melanie, with just... uh, toning it? What's wrong with cutting back? You know what I mean? It's like the but, the reason that they're hold doing on. it. Is the, yeah, but why moderation? Why not just go? Wait all a out? minute. You're saying cutting back. I don't consume that much sugar, but you still want to tax me, right? 
I don't need to cut back. I probably right. consume less sugar than you do. But if I decide well, you know that I want to have a bag of M&M's, you're still going to tax me. Oh, no, no, no. The sugar is only on a sugary drink tax. So the, the M&M's, you can, you can eat as We're many of those as We're talking about a sugar tax now. Eh? Oh, you're saying a, across the board. Okay. Theoretical. I, I went looking. As a matter of fact, let me tell you the story. I went looking. I think it was in the grocery store yesterday the day before trying to find my brand of root beer. They mm. didn't have it. You know what I What's did? What's your brand? Barks? No, it's uh, Virgil. Barks has bite. It has uh, caffeine okay. in it. I can't oh, have it. Right. right. Virgil's <laughs> is the only root beer worth drinking as far as I'm concerned. Gotcha. Um, they didn't have it. So I didn't buy anything. I haven't bought it in months. I decided after having a conversation with Sarah about sodas, I'd like to have a root beer, right? So this lady who calls in and tries to get She you, inspired you to drink right. soda by calling about it. Right. But it wasn't there, so I didn't buy it. That's because- I don't care enough about it. You didn't go online and try to find it and order it. So this is everybody. Everybody gets the punishment in Sarah's world, so that the people who need it get it. Well, isn't that interesting though? That the Sarah's calls about the sugary (laughs) drink ban actually inspired you to go and seek out a sugary drink. How many people? She's she's calling to try to stop people from getting sugary drinks. She's trying to discourage them, saying, "Hey, you're going to get diabetes. You know, scary, scary, scary." But have Um, you had a Virgil's root beer? You asking They're Sarah? Good. They're good. Are you asking Sarah or me? Sarah, have you had one? No, I like root beer. I think I think soda pop once in a while. But you know what? It's not to it's not people like you where you are very aware, you're educated, you know what is um, harmful. It's to help the people like my kids and teenagers and you know ignorant people that they're uh, feeding tons of uh, pop to their children. They're grown, but they were—they don't know any well, better. Right, so taxing them isn't going to make them know that sugar is bad for them. The only thing they're going to know from a tax is that you know a can of Coke is now a dollar twenty-five instead of a dollar. That does nothing to educate them as to how they should eat. Well, I mean, it, it does uh, change their behavior, and it has reduced the sugar consumption in Philadelphia. So, you know what? I mean, what's wrong with a, a somewhat of a better world? I always strive for a little bit better. And you know what? And, and this became an issue. Like I said, it's an epidemic. 30 million Americans have diabetes. See, and in my opinion, Sarah, the better world is a world in which we don't have to use violence and the threat of violence to uh, influence our neighbor's behavior. If you want somebody to stop doing something, it's best to persuade that person without the use of violence. And I know you refuse to see the violence. We've explained it to you over and over again on various different topics over, I don't know, two years, however long you've been calling the show now, maybe a year plus. Um, and you don't want to see the violence because it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable to realize that behind every government program, behind every government tax and mandate is a man with a gun who's willing to use it against peaceful people who otherwise just want to get a soda pop. He was just uh, following orders. Yeah. And so to me, you don't get a better world through the seeds of violence. It may appear... On the surface, as though things are better. Oh, there's fewer people drinking soda, therefore fewer cases of diabetes, therefore better world. Uh, but you're also not looking at the people who are losing their jobs, for instance, in the background where we've seen that, you know, the bottling plants, for instance, they have to lower production. They are putting people out of work. 
these are some of the uh, the unintended consequences or maybe the intended consequences of these sugar taxes but ultimately it's that seed of the threat of force you know you reap what you sow ultimately and you're sowing the seeds of violence with these government programs and taxes and i think that ultimately that level of uh, immorality does not grow good things even if it appears that way on the surface uh, you're debasing humanity as a result of that. You consider that uh, increases of violence? You know, I mean, Any you tax is violence. Jobs. Any tax. You know, I, I, you know what? Doctors are going to lose their jobs amputating toes and foot and legs. You know, no, I, I think the I doctors mean, would be doing fine. If, you know, if people are having their legs amputated, then uh, they'll be in, you know, they'll be fine. But no, right. the uh, the, for, the force and the violence comes in with the imposition of the tax, no matter how high the tax is, whether it's two cents per ounce, which is what the proposal is in Santa Fe, or one cent per ounce, or a flat tax, or whatever it is, it's the fact that the tax is there in the first place. That is the threat of violence, and the threat is against the soda distributors in this particular case. Most taxes are sales taxes uh, on, the, on the retail level. Those are taxes that are directed against the retailer, and if they don't collect those taxes, many with guns will come into their store and threaten them. Do you want that to happen, Sarah? You know, I, I don't know about all that, but I mean... You don't know uh, about it because about you don't want to know about it. You don't want to realize that that's what backs up a tax. Because if you don't pay the government their tax, they send goons of, uh, after you. And those men will threaten you, and if you don't do what they say, they will forcibly close your business and probably put you in handcuffs. And you know, I know you've never run a business, Sarah, so you don't have any idea what this is like. But they will do these things. That's how they rule over us, and that's how taxes are collected, because the business owners may not agree with the tax, but they agree less with going to prison. Well, I mean, they, people do fine with an increase in alcohol and cigarette tax. They've been, I don't see anybody getting guns pointed at them like you're telling me. That's because people go along with it, Sarah. Most people who who are victims of armed robbery, Sarah, give up their wallets. That doesn't mean... They don't get shot. Yeah, that doesn't mean that they weren't armed robbed. Exactly. And, you know, you don't generally get to see the evidence of these things because people go along to get along. Business owners aren't in business to challenge the status quo, most of them. Now, every now and then, we'll catch wind of of a business owner, and it's only like once every half a decade. But every now and then, we'll hear about a business owner who's willing to stand up against the state and refuse to obey. There was uh, Kerry Jackson in the Black Hawk Saloon in West Virginia in Charleston. We had him on the show years ago. You can go to guests.freetalklive.com. He ended up caving under the pressure over time, but he stood up for a long time against uh, the uh, cigarette ban. It was a smoking ban. He allowed his patrons to continue to smoke in the face of the health bureaucrats who were coming in and threatening him over that. And then there was the other guy in uh, Washington State with the weed situation. And I'm sorry, I forget his name off offhand, but that was more recent. We'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Everyone has something in their lives or just about themselves that they want to change. From trying to lose weight to becoming more motivated at work. Change is difficult, but the good news is, no matter what, you don't have to go through it alone. Hypnotherapy can help you remove negative subconscious thoughts that keep you from achieving your goals. Never rely on just willpower again. Contact us at AfterHoursHypnotherapy.com today for your free consultation. Or contact Melvin Marsh at 678-658-8483.